Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Well, hello again. It's hour two of Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network, and it is still the 14th of April, 2023. Today is National Gardening Day. National Gardening Day. All right, so Genesis chapter two. I'm going to read verses eight and nine and verse 15. The Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east where he placed the man he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord God gave growth to every tree that's pleasing to the eye and good for food in the middle of the garden where the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Fast forward to verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and placed him in the garden of Eden to cultivate and to keep it. Now, you know that the story of uh, the man and the garden unfolds from there, but today I just want to focus on the fact that God created us to work the garden. And so on National Gardening Day, uh, let's, um, let's do some green thumb exercises. Let's be exercising our faith. Let's be walking around in the cool of the day with the Lord our God. Let's be acknowledging God's goodness and his grace. Let's recognize that he has placed us in the garden of this culture, that we would cultivate it in a harvest of righteousness to his glory. Like that's who you are. You are a culture cultivator. Even if you don't think of yourself as a gardener gardener, like, you know, muddy shoes and seeds and all that nonsense, which of course you know that I live on a farm, so I don't think it's nonsense at all, but there you go. Um, Even if you're not a gardener gardener, you're still designed to live by God in the garden of this culture and to cultivate it to his glory. That's, That's what you were created to do and who you were created to be. So, Uh, Quickly here, the Friday Farm Report, which comes to us with seven points. There could probably be more, but these were the seven that uh, came quickly to mind this morning that I thought you might want to know about. We now have a pond on our property. My husband's always wanted a pond. He's really wanted more like a small lake, but, you know, we don't own enough land to have a small lake. So we have a pond. Thanks to Dozier Don, who has... He came with a giant bulldozer a few weeks ago and roughed out the pond. And that was in part to see, like, would it hold water? And then Dozier Don came back yesterday with a smaller bulldozer and leveled some things out, moved a little more dirt around. And we all celebrated the fact that, yes, in fact, the pond holds water. So there you go. I don't know if there are going to be ducks or geese um, or fish, but at least there is a pond that holds water and all of the little wild creatures will have somewhere to get a sip of a cool drink of water. There you go. Um, we have also planted in the last couple of weeks 100 new trees. Most of them are uh, evergreens of various varieties and things that died off in the winter frost. We did lose all the blossoms on our plum, peach, and pear trees. 
We had a late frost, but the apple trees are resplendent right now. They smell great. We've got buds that have already gone from like pink to white. We got some that are still pink. You know, if you've ever been uh, next to an apple tree in full bloom, you know the radiance of uh, of the world in which I'm currently living. Um, and this coming to you from the greenhouse, our kale has gone like wild. I've been researching recipes. Um, More ways to cook kale. So I made a really delicious sausage, white bean, and kale soup. um, Because, by the way, you can put pounds of kale in that, and it just, like, disappears almost down to nothing. And um, the sausage and the white bean is a nice complement to the kale in terms of flavor. But if you've got kale recipes, I'm in need of them. Um, Our lawnmower is fixed. That is really good news. Um, It was running, and then it just died, and we couldn't figure out why. Come to find out there was nearly a gallon of water in the gas tank. Yeah, nobody nobody here seems to know how that happened, but clearly <laughs> somebody was up to no good. I don't know who it was, but anyway, there you go. That's been cleaned out, and uh, and so I can mow this weekend. That'll be great. There are eight baby chicks right now in my kitchen under a heat lamp in a, in a box. Um, they are sapphire gems, which we've never raised before, so that should be fun. Apparently, they're going to be various shades of gray, leaning toward blue, when they're fully grown, and hopefully the cl- the current flock of hens that we now have will one day accept this group so that they can all be integrated into one big happy family. But, you know, that'll be for later farm reports uh, to come. We are currently on the search for a Jack Russell puppy mix, probably a mix, Jack Russell mix puppy. We need a good squirreler. So, you know, I don't know if you got one of those. You could text me 877-933-2484. I'm definitely on the hunt for that. And I need two steer calves that we can raise this summer and this fall. There you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, last but not least, seventh on the list here. Tomorrow, um, I'm hosting a, here was my invitation, short notice after Easter egg hunt and lawn party. And we're having the families on our street who have kids of what I describe as egg hunting age. So the kids on my street who are like four to nine, there's eight of them coming, um, and they're bringing their parents in an empty bucket, basket, or bag. It should be a hoot. There you go. Oh, and the reason that I'm doing it is my grass is really tall because I didn't think my lawnmower was going to be fixed, and I have, like, you know, great egg hunting grass right now. So mm-hmm. there you have it. There you have it. That is the Friday Farm Report. Let me know what's happening in your neck of the woods. What are you up to where you are? You can text me, 877-933-2484. Adam Holtz joins us next with our big Friday media report. Adam Holtz is here from Focus on the Families, plugged in. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Carmen. How are you today? I am well. Are you in any Discord groups? Uh, well, technically, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And I say technically because I was a brief participant in a group like five or six years ago, but I haven't mm-hmm. actually used it in years and years. But obviously, with what's going on in the news these days, uh, Discord has gone from being something that uh, is a you know a social media app that mostly gamers know and use about. It's like part and parcel. If you have an if you have a boy under the age of eighteen, I guarantee you that dis- Discord is what he is using, and and maybe she. Not trying to be sexist, 
to communicate with other gamers. So that was what it was created for. Uh, and but obviously, we're gonna, with we're going to break into it, we're going to the yep. mornings with Carmen crowd is going to break into it so they can talk to each other behind my back while I'm doing this. Oh, boy, uh, that mm-hmm. feels a little That's... conspiratorial. I mean, I mean what are they going to say? It. I don't are know. They but they're, working say, on they're working on it they right now. Say, why? Uh, why do you have blue ducks? I mean, that could be what they talk about. I don't know. Apparently right now, I feel like there's we have some listeners like. Bob Castro, I feel like he would, every single person who is talking on the show, he knows some C.S. Lewis reference to like exactly what we're talking about. So I feel like that would be healthy contribution for him to be making in real time and other people would be privy to it and not just me. Like I am privy to all that's going on in the text line all the time, but I can't like it would be a full time job just to read it out loud. And so there you go. Mm -hmm. All right. Oh, hey, let's do some. um, Let's do some movie reviews because you have a bunch of them that you want to talk about today. Uh, Lead off with whichever one you want. Where do you want to start? Well, let's start with Sweetwater. Um, Sweetwater is a sports uh, biopic, I guess we would call it. And it is the story of the first African-American or black, I I think is now the current parlance. It's hard to keep up with what the politically correct um, verbiage is these days. He was the first black player in the NBA in 1950 um and his name was nat clifton but he went by sweetwater and this is a movie that i feel like is really similar structurally and thematically to uh to 42 with chadwick Mm. boseman a few years ago which was of course the jackie robinson story so instead of focusing on baseball this one focuses on basketball and just like we saw with jackie robinson Here we have an incredibly talented athlete. We have a white coach um, who was the coach of the New York Knickerbockers, as they were known, (laughs) Joe Lapchick, who basically says, you know what? I think you have what it takes. I think this is where it's going. I would love you to take the risk and and join us and being the first black NBA player. Uh, And he does. And he faces all sorts of racism. Uh, He played for the Harlem Globetrotters in the late 40s and joined the Knicks in 1950. And so this movie tells his story. Uh, it has a bit of profanity, not over the top. And we, you know, we, we see that struggle against racism. So there are hints of, hints of violence. There's a little bit of, uh, you know, of fighting and that sort of thing. I don't think there's anything here that gets anywhere near the edges of a PG-13 rating, but I wouldn't watch this one with young children. But I think for mature tweens and teens on up, it could be a great conversation starter about the subject of racism and and where we've come from. And you and I know, Carmen, racism is still an issue in our culture. It's still something we're talking about. But I think when we watch a movie like this, we see that, in fact, there's been an incredible amount of progress since 1950. And this movie helps us see where we were at at that point in history. All right, we're going to continue our conversation with Adam Holtz here in just a moment. Let me ask you a question as a lead-in to our conversation about Nefarious, which, by the way, we are yeah. not recommending that you see. But um, here, here is going to be, um, if you're listening right now, here's going to be the question we're going to leave you with um, for just a moment. Can you die? Are you ultimately a spiritual being, merely currently in a host body that you're inhabiting? Because that's actually part of the storyline of nefarious we're going to talk about it next with adam holtz from focus on the families plugged in you're listening to mornings with carmen i'm carmen laburge this is faith radio thanks for listening to the podcast of mornings with carmen 
As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Adam Holtz is here from Focus on the Family's Plugged In, and um, while we are not necessarily recommending that you see the movie Nefarious, we do want to talk about it. The devil and his underlings are not to be underestimated in their ability to deceive and destroy, um, especially when it comes to their capacity to nudge humans into not only self-deception, but um, deep, deep sin. Um, what's your sort of over-under on nefarious? What do we need to know so that we can talk about it even if we don't see it? Well, what we need to know is that this is a Christian horror movie that is rated R, and that automatically puts it into uh, <laughs> maybe a category of not more than one or two. I'm hard-pressed to think of another movie that that is in this sort of zone. Now, you might think, oh, horror movie out uh, you know, R-rated out. Let me talk about both of those things. This is a story about a convicted serial killer who is scheduled to be executed, but before he can be executed, he needs a psychiatrist to certify that he is, in fact, sane. And so a psychiatrist named James Martin comes in. He is arrogant. He's cocky. Uh, he is a self-proclaimed atheist. And, you know, it's just another day at the office for him. And uh, he comes in, and, and this guy, uh, his name is Edward, uh, immediately begins talking to him, except it's really not Edward who's talking to him. It's a demon who has possessed Edward named Nefarious. And, um, and Nefarious basically begins talking about the fact that he's a demon. And uh, James says, yeah, right, whatever. You're just trying to get out of being executed. And basically says, if you're a demon, prove it. And this is 90 minutes of back and forth conversation with about five minutes at the end where an execution happens that earns this movie's R rating. There's really not very much R rated content at all before that moment. Um, and and it's uh, I found it to be a remarkably gripping um, conversation about spiritual reality in ways that echoed and, and bear with me. It the screw tape letters. Little- it felt like the screw tape letters to me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and you have this demon. Every time the psychiatrist thinks he has him outwitted, this demon is very clever in basically trying to convince him, no, we're real. We have an agenda. We are out to destroy humanity. And you're a fool for not believing in that. And so I, my only disappointment was that the execution scene is really graphic But I think that they did that, and I don't know this, I haven't talked to anybody with the movie, I think that they did it intentionally to earn an R rating because that restricted rating actually makes this movie more appealing to the primary demographic that sees this movie, which is young men and boys aged 16 to 24. And so I don't think this is a movie that was ever really intended for Christians. I think it's one that a lot of non-believers are going to see and come out maybe with a much deeper conversation about spiritual things 
than they were expecting to have. I think it's very effective. Uh, I do think that last scene pushes it out of bounds for those who might be uh, on the squeamish side. And, and let me also say, this is a movie that if the rest of it sounds intriguing to you, uh, you know, close your eyes for that minute or so and and you don't have to deal with it. So I know mm-hmm. that's a, maybe a strange instruction and I'm not saying you should go see it. It's an R-rated movie, but uh, it's an interesting kettle of fish, Carmen. Um, because, you know, everybody listening is now engaged on the text line because now they know they can communicate with us in real time and contribute to the conversation. Um, tomorrow is Jackie Robinson Day and baseball players everywhere will be oh, wearing the number 42. That's awesome. I know. People are so great. So um, yes. if you're listening right now, thank you for participating. You can text in at 877-933-2484. Um, all right. How about Super Mario and or paint? Well, let's talk about Super Mario Brothers because this is the biggest movie of the year. It um, is based on you know the various Mario games that go trace their lineage all the way back to Donkey Kong in 1980. Uh, and this is about a, a pair of Italian-American plumbers who get swept into a magical realm known as the Mushroom Kingdom. And if you've ever played any of the Mario games, all of this is very familiar. And there they meet a plucky, I love that word, plucky, princess named Princess Peach, who is fighting a bad guy named Bowser who wants to take over her kingdom. Um, that's the story. This is the basic plot of every Mario video game that Nintendo has ever put out. Bowser's a little bit on the intense side. You could say he maybe even has a little bit of a, a devilish appearance about him, but the movie never really pushes too deeply in that direction, other than the fact that he occasionally vaporizes his enemies. So that's probably the biggest content warning here for, for really young kids. Otherwise, it's a fun, rollicking adventure that manages to avoid you know, really pronounced virtue signaling or political agendas or LGBT stuff like we see in every Disney movie these days. And that's probably why it made globally $377 million in its first weekend last week and was the biggest animated movie opening of all time and continues to just crush it at the box office. Wow. All right. We, um, We've only got a couple of minutes left because, you know, sadly, that's how this works. So (laughs) do we want to talk about um, voice clones or how about this? How about you go to PluggedIn.com and you read the blog post on voice clones? Voice clones are ripping you off um, because we want to know about that. And then maybe that will give us time for you to do one more review. Do you want to talk about paint or air? Well, let's talk about paint because it's not what it looks like. If you saw the trailer to paint, you would think, oh, this is, uh, you know, a something to do with Bob Ross. Because You would this, think so. Well, you would think so uh, because it it looks like about as His close to a Bob right Ross. His picture's right there. Right. I mean, Owen okay. Wilson looks hmm. like Bob Ross. Um, the thing is, it's almost like they took Bob Ross's likeness and his whole shtick and then made up a totally different story about a guy who's a mess and a guy who is sort of a serial monogamist. He's kind of romantic, but he can't commit to anything. And so this is a movie that has quite a bit of sexual content that's more alluded to than shown 
we don't actually see very much, but it's obvious that this guy has pretty deep problems. Um, and I think the thing that's annoying about this, and if I were Bob Ross's estate, I might be, you know, pondering a lawsuit, even though we probably shouldn't sue people, um, because it doesn't have anything to do with Bob Ross at all. So this what? is a real bait, bait and switch kind of movie. Uh, it took a Bob Ross character and sort of reimagined him totally differently. So that is paint. Huh. All right. See, I know, I'm right? so glad I asked. <clears throat> yeah, I absolutely. I'm so glad I asked. All right. Adam, as always, full of information that we can readily use um, in not only our cultural conversations today, but in making our media choices. So thank you so much. You bet. Thank you. You can find Adam and everything we've talked about today at PluggedIn.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Let's take a quick break for Breakpoint. So if I were to ask you what season of life are you in, um, what season of life you might be in that, like, hey, I'm still under 20, so, yeah, I'm I'm basically still a kid. Maybe you're in that, like, 20 to 40 or even 20 to 50 age and stage, you know, high productivity, um, doing lots of stuff, focused on purpose and family building and all those kinds of things. Maybe you're in that then maybe second half. I don't know. And I'm not really going to pick a, a, a an age for second half because some people go into second half pretty early, like anything that's 50 plus. Other people don't go into second half until they're, you know, 65 plus. Some people, their second half starts even later than that. Um, so <clears throat> we think about it as like working year, educational years, working years, retirement years sometimes. But there are other people who talk about like first half, second half, third half. No, that's not the way that goes. Um, you know what I'm talking about, right? So which season are you in? And then there are people who just blow that whole thing up. And one of them is joining us next. And his name is Greg Ekbaum. He is a doctor. He spent a professional career as a vascular surgeon um, over in Wisconsin. Then he came back to Minnesota to become the director of clinical education at Bethel University. Um, and now he's in what I would describe as a serious third or maybe even fourth act. I don't really know. I'm going to find out from him sort of how he thinks about it. Um, he's literally changing the world. He's, he's changing the world. And so we want to talk with him about his story, the motivation to do what he's doing, um, and give all the glory to God in the midst of it. So Greg Ekbaum up next with Lim Fit and his story and changing history. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Dr. Greg Ekbaum joining us now. Greg, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Oh, it's good to be with you, Carmen. Okay, so I, I want to begin with the end in mind um, this morning. So let's start with limb fit. What is limb fit and or what is dignity for the amputee international? Limb fit is a uh, nonprofit that we started, I think, almost three years ago now to uh, to encourage, support the amputee in um, developing countries or in areas of, of conflict. And uh, not only 
to uh, support or encourage or build prosthetics for amputees, but also to uh, bring the family in, bring the, the community in, uh, bring the church in, and, and ultimately not to put just pros- not just to put prosthetics on the amputee, but to share the love and the hope that's in Jesus Christ. So that's, that's our ultimate uh, game. That's our ultimate goal. You know, you at this stage of life could be um, playing golf and um, hunting, I don't know, sitting on a beach. That's not what you're doing. You are really living a very, very vibrant, I'm going to say like third half story. Um, So I want you to talk about what happened that provoked you in this particular direction. Um, And then we're going to like, you know, back ourselves up into your fuller story. Yeah, I, I have to tell you that that, that this uh, lymphit was not at all on my radar at all. My uh, you know, my goal was, uh, or my thought was a lot of other things. But but what happened that was so um, um, uh, it was so important for me is um, my uh, son. Uh, we just I just have one one uh, child. My son had um, amputations. Uh, both legs uh, four years ago. This happened when I was actually in Africa um, uh, teaching surgery um, to residents, and I came back, and he had clotted off his uh, his aorta, complete occlusion related to a underlying coagulation or clotting defect. And and I have to tell you, my background is general and vascular surgery, and and I've done many amputations. Um, over in my career, um, but now my own son was facing uh, the loss of both legs, and uh, and now I I went th- went through this journey of looking at things from the um, from the other side of uh, of a father uh, uh, and having the agony of uh, seeing what's what's going on and and, and um, walking with him and supporting him through that, and that was. Um, that was uh, life changing um, for Doug and and for me. Um, he eventually came through that and was uh, re- rehabbing at home with me. And uh, um, he asked me that summer. Uh, you just started to walk on his prosthetics. He asked me, "Dad, are you going back to Africa?" <laughs> um, I was doing that regularly to teach, and I said, "No, I'm not. That that's done. I'm not. I'm not doing that anymore." You're. I need to be here now, and uh, and he said to me, "I think you ought to go back to Africa, and I want to join you this time." Mm. And so I I bought him a ticket, and and thinking, what well, I wonder what Doug's going to do there, <laughs> and uh, and he's going to have a hard enough time just moving around. Well, uh, he went with me, and um, with through a number of circumstances, we brought with a prosthetic arm that was really easy to fit for uh, for patients with uh, arm amputations and um, they had a they heard he was coming and they said uh, we're going to have a an amputee clinic and they opened it up by a facebook announcement about 3 weeks prior to our coming and when we got there there were 175 amputees there um 70 of them had uh, arm amputations and uh, and there I, I watched as uh Doug <laughs> Uh, fitted these um, prosthetic arms, and then um, 
And then that next week to see him on the wards with the chaplain um, uh, saying, I've, I've lost my legs, but I've been given the gift of encouragement. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, I want to tell you that there's still hope. God still has a purpose for your life, and uh, and uh, I wanted to I want to bring that message to you. Well, obviously moving for me to see this and to see how God had brought out such a incredible um, uh, hope story out of this. We went back home and we began talking about starting a nonprofit and and maybe what we could do for to 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 meet uh, the needs of the of uh, amputees and. Uh, uh, unfortunately, Doug uh, died six months later from a from a accidental overdose. He had struggled for a long time with with drug and alcohol issues, and and um, and that was tough. Um, but um, uh, I decided to start LimFit, and uh, and I took the money from his uh, funeral, and um, and I started LimFit, and I got a board around me, and. And um, and when we decided to go forward, well, first of all, um, Greg, thank you, um, thank you for your vulnerability, your willingness to share your story, even the very difficult part of it, um, and and thank you for being willing to be used by God um, in a continuing way that isn't just giving you something purposeful to do, but is actually changing people's lives and changing the world and changing history um, in a stage of life when you could be doing something else or nothing else. And so I want to thank you um, for all of that. There's a lot of people listening right now who, um, you know, deeply touched by the beginning of this story that, um, you know, you are on a mission trip teaching surgery in Africa. You get news from home that your son um, has this underlying vascular issue. You're a vascular surgeon um, and he loses both of his legs, but that produces an opportunity for the two of you to have time together that most other people don't have with their young adult children. Um, and then this opportunity to go to Africa together and for you to see God use him in really profound ways before the Lord took him home in what you could have never um, expected would be the life you'd be living now. And so we want to continue this conversation with Greg Eckbaum. I know you guys are looking for LimFit already online. LimFit.org is um, is where you're looking. You can also find it on Facebook, LimFit.org. Um, if you've got a particular question you'd like for me to ask of Greg, um, you, you know you can text me, 877-933-2484. We're going to continue our conversation with Greg Eckbaum here in just a moment. LimFit.org. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. If you're a new listener, we want to officially welcome you with a free welcome pack gift. Request yours today at MyFaithRadio.com. There's always a reason to always choose joy. There's something deeper that the world can't destroy. Smile when you think you can't smile. All right. Uh, people are texting in all kinds of great information and um 
and wonderful um, comments and offers related to limfit.org. Um, and so I am going to respond to you with Greg's direct contact info so you guys can follow up directly about how you can collaborate and participate in this ministry. Greg Eckbaum is our conversation partner today. Um, he's been sharing about the way God has been working in and through him and through um, the life of his son, Doug, who is now with the Lord. Um, Doug lost both of his legs in a double amputation following a vascular um, issue. And Greg is a retired vascular surgeon and spent a lot of time teaching others um, how to do what a surgeon then ultimately performed um, on his son. Like it's a, it is an amazing God story. It is a glory story. And the outcome of it is that people in places where they do not have access to prosthetic limbs, but need them very badly. um, This nonprofit um, has been born and it's called limb fit. And you can find it at limbfit.org. Greg, love for you to um, talk to men and women who are listening right now, who are currently on the sidelines of God's work in the world. Um, I could ask it this way. Are you enjoying your retirement? I have so much energy when I get up in the morning. I can't stand it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm uh, joy-filled, um, goal-directed, uh, energized, and, um, and, and I believe that it comes from my uh, relationship with the Lord and... Uh, and the fact that I know that I'm that I'm doing His work. In fact, when we started LimFit, uh, I said, "Lord, here I am. Use me." And and I say yes in advance to whatever you want. And uh, and I and I was reading through John, and you know, remember that um, in John five that interaction between Jesus and the uh, the par- the paralytic, and He says, "Take up your mat and walk." And I and I read that and I thought and that's that's what I want to do, via a prosthetic, <laughs> but but I read later when they when they when the Pharisees came to Jesus and asked him what he was doing, he said, "My father is always working, and I too am working." And he said, "the the son can do nothing without the father," um, and that captured my attention because not only. Not only did we want to put prosthetics, but but we wanted to do God's work. We wanted to and to, and to join Him wherever He was working. So I went on a search. I went looking for people and partners that were doing the same thing that we wanted to do, as a as addressing the amputee, but also sharing Christ. And we found we found one partner after another that God brought into into um, into our lives and into uh, Limfit lives. In fact. I just read recently now in the Easter season, I read John 17, 4, where Jesus is praying to the Father, and he says, Father, <laughs> Father, I've, uh, um, I've brought you glory on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. And that totally is what LimFit is about. It's, it's doing God's work bringing glory to him on earth into a broken world and to uh, seek partners who want to do the same. And so we've launched out and we're, we're working now in Chigoria, uh, Kenya, where we're building a lab where we are partnering in Istanbul, Turkey 
uh, working with Syrian and Afghan refugees. And now I just came back from from Ukraine. We're, we're working with Shepherd Foundation, and, and we're building a lab in Cherkasy. And we just and we just brought on a new approach uh, or a new, another thing that we want to accomplish with um, LimFit, and that's to teach. And so this last trip, we went and pre- presented conferences at uh, at uh, six different places. Um, and we taught, I think, almost 500 Ukrainian surgeons how to do amputations. This is in response to their request. Come back and teach us how to do amputations. And so um, when you ask me, uh, uh, do, do, I have, uh, do I have energy? Do I have passion? Oh, all I can say is, um, Lord... Lord, let let me finish the work you've given me to do, and then and then take me home. But don't take me home before you've before you've given me the honor and the privilege of doing your work and introducing others to Jesus. Greg, um, there are people listening right now who they don't know anyone who has who is living with an amputation. Um, so can you? talk with us about both here in the United States, but then around the world, like who is losing their limbs and why? Well, I have to tell you that, that um, most amputees are not in Hawaii or, or the Caribbean, <laughs> but they're, they're in uh, difficult places. Um, they're in the Middle East. They're in Ukraine. Um, we, we've just seen a wave of amputees coming up from the, from the, the earthquake, and um, and and these and these people, when you when you hear that, when you listen to their story, and and that's critical to listen to their story. Um, many of them say, "I've lost my leg, or I've lost my limb. I've been ampu- I have an amputation, but I've been amputated from my village. I've been amputated mm. from my family." And um, and so, what we want to do is we want to bring the family back, bring the church. Back, bring the um, bring them back into the life of the amputee, um, and so we don't want to just put a prosthetic on a limb. We want to we want to have that amputee walking down that that ramp, holding the, the hand of their child or their wife, and having the the community cheering. We, we want to integrate them back and empower them to to be all that God wants them to be, to give them more independence as, and. Um, and and so that's part of our our goal, and sometimes you can only do that in the in the context of that country. You can only do it in in Africa, and so that's why we're so committed to to trying to to do that um, uh, in country, including in Ukraine, and why we're working with Shepherd Foundation and Camp Maximum to do that to have the to bring the family and to bring the church back into their lives. I'm looking at the statistics, and um, there's more than a million annual limb amputations around the world, one every 30 seconds. Um, that's a lot of people around the world who are going to be living um, the next portion of their life, the rest of their life, um, without a limb or more than one. Um, some of these cases, is a double amputation. Um, the rise of diabetes is a part of this conversation. Trauma is a part of this conversation. War is a part of this conversation. Um, sin 
and and the reality that we live in a fallen and a broken world is a huge part of this conversation. These people suffer not just the loss of a limb and the loss of community and the loss of a sense of purpose, but often anxiety and depression as well. Um, the ministry of limb fit isn't just fitting people with prosthetics. They're also sharing the gospel um, because Greg and everybody at LimbFit knows and understands, like, this is not just about the loss of um, mobility or functionality. Um, this is a loss of the sense of who we are and being mindful um, that the bodies that God has given us are good and they're intended to be used to his glory. Um, and sometimes they're not, they don't all look exactly the same. Um, Greg, can you just give encouragement as we as we part company today, give encouragement to the person who is living right now um, with less than what, you know, they've been led to believe is a full body? I would I would tell them that God still has a plan for you. And and sometimes in our deepest pain and loss comes his greatest calling and 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 I am living proof of uh, of that. In fact, um, as we look at all all people that have God really is using, it's the weak and the broken and the and the amputee. And so I would encourage you that God's got some some great plans for you and will use you. All you need to say, Lord, use me to do Your work and bring glory to You. Um, I I have to I have to say that. Limfit. We want amputees to walk into, not just to walk into eternity with a prosthetic. We want them to walk into eternity with Christ and a prosthetic. And so that's our goal: is to minister to the physical, but then share with them the incredible hope that's in Christ. And and an amputee, I think, especially gifted, having gone through loss, to to tell that story. And, and to show that, that Jesus still can use me. Amen. Um, Greg, thank you so much. Um, thank you for your witness, your testimony, for joining us today. Thank you for, um, you know, running the race all the way to the end. You guys can connect with Greg at limbfit.org or on Facebook. Uh, there's also a LimbFit Facebook page as well. Um, Greg, blessings upon you. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mornings with Carmen. It's a privilege to be here, Carmen. Thank you. Yeah. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. We'll be right back. All right. Happy Gardening Day. Let's uh, get out there and get, get, get our hands and our feet dirty. Let's till the cultural soil of the day. Let's plant the Word of God into the lives of others which is going to start with being in the Word of God ourselves. So have you been in the Word of God already today? If not, please go get yourself into the Word of God, that the Word of God can take root in you and bring a harvest of righteousness to the glory of God. Let's cultivate the culture today, right? Let's be out there tilling the conversational soil of the day, planting seeds of the Word of God. Let's be, um, let's be cultivating a harvest of righteousness Let's bring glory to God today in what we say and what we do and how we say and do it. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. Love it if you'd share the show with somebody else. You can do that at MyFaithRadio.com or on the Faith Radio app. 
Have a great weekend and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.